From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. Each episode, our special guest will bring with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our special guest is the creator of the horror-themed board game Mixtape Massacre, Freddie Carlini. Their company game Escape from Tall Oaks was recently released, and their Kickstarter for its second expansion hits the crowdfunding platform on April 1st. Welcome to the show, Freddie. Thanks, guys. Yay. This is so exciting to talk to someone who makes board games because, I mean, I know Terry and I are both huge board game fans, so it's really cool to get to talk to someone who makes them. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. So, um, for for the, anyone that doesn't know, can you kind kind of give us a little rundown of what Mixtape Massacre is and then what your companion game is? Sure. So, Mixtape Massacre, uh, we we created it in 2015. And it is basically a homage to 1980s horror slashers. Yes. Um, the fun twist on it is that you actually play as the slashers. And a lot of them have like little throwbacks to characters of the time. You know, you have your mass killers like your, uh, like your Michael Myers or Jason. You've got chainsaw killers like your Leatherface. Um, and the cool thing is, is that basically as you progress through the game, you're going into different locations and making kills. And as you make these kills, uh, you draw what's called uh, killer scene cards. And the killer scene cards are basically like references to not only 80s horror, 80s tropes, but also just the 80s in general. So there's tons of funny pop culture references and things like that. So if you're a film nerd, 
there's tons to get out of a game. Um, but it's also just like, as much as it's supposed to be like a horror game, it's also just comedy. Um, and we kind of had, when we created it, this idea to make a game that was simple enough to get friends who never play to come play along, um, oh. but also something that as we released more expansions and stuff could become harder um, and people who enjoy like harder games would get more into it. Um, and that's actually where our expansions like Black Mask came from. And then our new game that we recently released, Escape from Tall Oaks, kind of puts a spin on the game where you play as the uh, victims and you're trying to escape the town. Um, and basically, you it, it plays very much like uh, your standard horror film. Uh, each one of you play as a stereotypical team. And as the game progresses, you're working together to solve uh, uh, solve different tasks. But then as you complete the tasks and you get to the final part of the game, everyone can turn on each other and kind of work against each other to try to escape. Yeah. Um, so I, I have um, I have both. And um, I haven't had a chance to play Mixtape Massacre, but I did dig into Escape from Tall Oaks. And um, I... I'm glad that you brought up that that you uh, purposefully made it so that it was like easy to pick up and, and learn because that's something that I kind of appreciated because like I, I mean I'm a big board gamer I have like a huge collection of them but not everyone is and sometimes you know you want to break out a game that's not like takes three hours to set up and then another six <laughs> hours to play. Yeah, that that was kind of the point is that when um, when we kind of came up with the idea for the game we were at a game night and as we were going through the different games we were playing, you would suddenly see people get turned off within 30 minutes as we were starting to go through the rules or how to play it or the mechanics. Right. And I was just like, there has to be a way to get something out there that has a fun theme that people would dig into immediately, but that also has a level of entry that's not like so scary. Um, and that's also partially where like the design of the board, the board has a very clue-esque feel to it like it's mm-hmm. it's it's gridded yeah there's locations um and it was a game that when i was a kid we used to love playing um and so i was like well if you put something in front of people that they're like oh i get how this works i need to move to the location for something to happen people are going to start to pick up on it faster um and so the team and i we really really worked our butt off to try to every time we started to feel like the game was getting complicated we would remove something so that we wouldn't feel like people were going to be completely lost or that they'd be asking 40 questions on how it works or have to refer to a rule book with 40 pages. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, and then you also kind of talked a little bit about, um, you have a, is it just one expansion for mixtape massacre right now? So we have the black mask, which is the expansion for mixtape. We have lockdown, which is both an expansion for mixtape and escape. And then, Unfortunately, uh, at the beginning, you guys had, had mentioned that our our invasion expansion for Escape is coming April first. We're actually delaying it now. Unfortunately, oh, are you? Um, oh, no. We're well, we're delaying it because uh, of the Corona situation. So we're yeah. Yeah. oh okay. So we wanted to give people some time to deal with that situation before you know crowdfunding a new game. But oh, that makes sense. So we'll probably yeah. be holding off for at least a month, and then we'll we'll go live with it. That makes sense. Okay. I was sorry. I was going to ask like kind of a better question about how you got into designing board games. Like what? How? What? What path led you to making board games? Which is so cool. So, so I mean, we're a design studio. Uh, we I own I own a company with my friend since high school, uh, Matt, who's one of the who's the artist for the game and, and one of the designers for the game. We've had a design firm for about 10 years and cool. um, we work with all kinds of kinds of companies doing, um, you know, web development, uh, branding, uh, you know, graphic design, um, mural installations, things like that. And so cool. we have all this knowledge of marketing and, you know, design and layout and print layouts and things like that. And so it just seemed like a natural fit when we were kind of sitting there playing all these games that were like, all right, we want to make a game. Why don't we make the game and use Kickstarter as kind of the the place to platform it and see if people are interested. And um, when we did the first one, it seemed like people were really interested. So we were able to, to, to get it launched. And so that's kind of what led into just further doing more expansions and more games. That's so cool. And so 
I see that you have worked with Third Eye Comics. Yeah, so Steve Anderson, um, he is one of our favorite clients. He's a guy. Amazing. Yeah, he's one of our guys who just loves, he, he's one of those clients who, which is like a dream client for us, who kind of believes in your vision. So when he comes to us for like shirts or like redoing the, we actually, we, we did like all the murals in the store and stuff like that, or the branding. <gasps> really? We, um, he's one of those clients who's just like, Go crazy, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll support you. So, sorry, everyone listening. Third Eye Comics is like a local comic book shop in Maryland. It's like the go to comic book shop, like in the state slash on the East Coast. Oh, cool! And it's Mar- it's absolutely amazing. It was like the first comic book shop I ever went to. It was where I got like my first Scott Pilgrim graphic novel and it's like they remember me whenever i go in with my boyfriend and they're like the best place ever so it's just exciting to see that you worked with them because they're like very local but also like they're growing and expanding so yeah, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> steve's steve's always working on new new stuff which is why we love him that's awesome. so yeah so we just deal with tons of different clients like that um and you know steve actually was the one who gave us a spotlight to do a game day had a lot of people play it, got their feedback, and kind of went from there and developed the game fully out. That's awesome. Um, so I, I know it's it's going to be delayed a little bit, but um, can you talk a little bit about um, your upcoming expansion? Invasion, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, you know, we figured basically we've, we've covered almost every um, piece of the genre, we feel like, with all the cards and references and stuff. So we were like, you know, what's 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 something big from the '80s that's left to uh, to cover? So we went with um, aliens, <laughs> and so we were like, you know, nice. Hell yeah. especially since Invaders from Mars is like one of my favorites from when I was a kid. Um, I really wanted something that kind of like spoke to that um, to that film. Um, so we were we were discussing as a team coming up with uh, coming up with. Um, Something that would really bring something to like the teenage side of things, because there's there's there are some things that I can't reveal until it comes out, but there are a lot of elements that deal with high school in in the okay. expansion. Okay. Um, and so, but basically, the premise of this is that they're amongst amongst uh, all the slashers that are in the town and 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 harassing all the kids. We also now have an actual alien invasion, and much like many films with alien invasions it's not just the aliens the kids have to worry about but it's also the government that the alien uh that the kids Mm. have to worry about because in in order to keep this under wraps the government's there to kind of cover it up but at the same time in order to save the town and get out of the town you also have to deal with the aliens so um there'll be two pieces to it um It'll have a similar feel um, to how Black Mask worked in some of the elements it'll introduce, but then it'll also introduce a lot of other unique elements. Okay, cool. Sounds like you have a, a pupper that wants your attention. Yeah. <laughs> He's jealous of us. She, or she. Yeah, she, uh, Cardi C over here, she, uh, she, gets a little, she gets a little nuts when I show anyone else attention. <laughs> I love it. Um, so kind of going back, uh, how did you get into horror? Have you always been a fan of it? So Hell Knight's actually um, what I would say. I mean, there were other movies I saw before, it, but it's it's the one my father showed me when I was a kid. And he showed it to me and my family. And um, we all kind of watched it together. And that kind of led to my like love of it because it was like sitting there with the family, watching this and all being scared together. Um, but yeah, I, as a kid, I was the kid in like first grade, second grade, drawing pictures of lost boys and stuff like that. (laughs) I was, I was reading Fangoria with my friend Mike. Um, and my mother would get furious when she'd find the magazines. But then (laughs) as the years went on, she just kind of got used to it and was like, okay, that's Freddie. That's what he does. Um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, I was, I was really into it. I, I, I loved it because, um, I grew up in Cincinnati when I was young. So we were, I was born in Maryland, but then I moved to Cincinnati for a bit because my dad's job. And there was a, there was two video stores we would frequent. One was a mom and pop shop called, uh, Beachmont Video, and it was located on Beachmont Avenue in Cincinnati. And the other was a Kroger's. Um, the Kroger's had a huge video cassette section, uh, when I was a kid and and I loved it because of all the covers. Um, so, and I think that was partially what really drew me to horror was these beautiful covers. It was, you know, it was a time when people actually paid to have covers drawn or art done for it. 
Um, I always think of that line in, in Mist when at the at the opening of the film, he's like painting that that uh, that piece from Dark Tower, and then it gets destroyed in the oh, storm. Yeah, it gets destroyed in the storm, and he says like, "Ah, oh, they'll probably just get some kid to Photoshop it." And um, oh. <laughs> but but it's awesome because like that, it was really what drew me to horror films was the cover art. Like I remember Bad Taste, and I remember House, and I remember. Um, uh, all these different like crazy covers as a kid. And I was like, I want to watch these movies. And it was funny because like half of them weren't even as good as the cover, but I still enjoyed them. Like it was, it, right. it was pretty cool. Yeah. That's something that we, we kind of touch on here a lot. Cause I'm, I, I mean, I grew up in the, in the eighties as a kid and I just remember going into like uh, your local grocery store, going into Blockbuster or something and like the covers would always just pull me. And even before I saw the movie, it was like I could quote the the taglines on the front. Like you mentioned house, like ding dong, you're dead. Like I could quote all of those little taglines before I even saw the movie. And it kind of created this like mythos mythology to the film even before I saw it. And like you said, a lot of times they didn't end up being as good as the cover. But yeah, uh, I had that experience, too. I mean, I grew up in the 90s and I still I had that experience. And like, I, yeah. I think it was the village, especially that I had like this whole mythos built up around it and was very disappointed when I finally saw it. Well, yeah. And that's kind of the cool <laughs> thing is like the, the cover would almost make you imagine a certain movie. Like I had, yes. I had it in my head about, all right, this is how this movie's going to go. <laughs> exactly. It was like, it was like, watch, it wasn't, it was like watching a trailer, only having one image. It was like, and it was like, you could make your own narrative out of it, which was like so fun for me going to the video store with like when I was younger um, and like t- browsing all the really and like you know some of like the direct like direct to video horror movies that were like not very good and had like very cheesy covers but like were very creepy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it, and it's it's one of those things kind of uh, going with what you said that like I, I remember seeing deep. I mean I've talked about this a little bit before, but I remember seeing Deep Star Six, the cover of it. And it's like a man in a um, diving suit and he's bitten in half, and I'm just sitting there like what what bit him in half that's crazy so like yeah it's and then of course that movie just is not good but (laughs) yeah then you see what bit him in half and you're like damn it yeah (laughs) in my mind it was so much better Uh, or like in a gosh what's that movie called uh, there was like a movie that that, that they just did like a, a release a couple years ago was it slasher or something like that and like there's like this giant monster on the cover and he's like in the movie for like two seconds <laughs> yeah well, that's my favorite when there's like barely there's like a monster on the cover and you're like oh my god this is gonna be a creature feature and then it ends up like barely being about the monster <laughs> oh, um so do we want to talk about what we've been watching Yes. Terry, what have you been watching in quarantine? <laughs> well, it's it's funny because last week, Adam, uh, Egypt Mortimer, he was talking about he went to see, he saw The Hunt and they released it to to rent. And so I watched it this weekend. And what'd you think? It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> that seems to be like the consensus. Everyone's like, it's not as smart as well, it thinks. I, that's it. the thing. It, I I was laughing hysterically through most of it. There's a lot of really great gore gags and a lot of like hilarious little one liners. Like there's this, there's a character that gets blown up and she like is in half. And I, I think that's on the cover of the, the Fangoria magazine. Oh, uh, okay. And she's still alive somehow. <laughs> and she's asking for like the gun and he's, to, or he asked for her to like this guy to like shoot her and kill her. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And she grabs a gun and calls him a snowflake. <laughs> oh Lord. Shooting her. So like, I, it, it, there's just a lot of like comedic little one liners like that, that um, as Adam said last week, it is a little bit like South Park where it's kind of like making fun at, at both sides. But like, I don't know. I don't think it's as, as sharp of a satire as I was kind of hoping for. Um, but that said, uh, it, it constantly is churning to the point that like, there's a lot of people that end up dying that I was like, Oh, I thought that was going to be like a main character. And nope, they're in it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, there's like, there's like a, it has like a laundry list of like celebrities that are, well, celebrities and, and sort of celebrities like, uh, Emma Roberts is in it. Yeah. Um, Ike Barinholtz is in it. Um, the hottie from This Is Us, Josh Hartley. 
think yeah, his name? I think, I think that's it. Josh Hartley. I, Is it Josh Hartley? Yeah. He's he's in it. He's really cute. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it, it was it was fun. I had a good time. Did you see it, Freddy? Yeah, I uh, I watched it on Friday when they released it on. Um, I was like, oh, cool, I can rent this. That's nice. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think it was as smart as it thought it was, but but right. it was definitely like. Um, I felt it was like I thought it was a fun comedy horror film. Like that's that's yeah. like it's it's nothing like breaking ground, um, but like it's it's fun. Like yeah, that's that's where I'd put. It. I I don't think it's worth twenty dollars rental, but no, <laughs> but um, it's def- no. it's definitely a fun <laughs> film. Um, and and there are yeah. like, uh, it's like you said, there's a lot of cute lines where like they they definitely take some pokes at different people in it, which. I think is 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 fun that it was on it was like both sides, and I thought the I thought the twist at the end. Some people didn't like it. I actually I think that's part of the part of it that I enjoyed the most um, was there's like this slight twist at the end. Um, no yeah. spoilers. Oh, no, no spoilers. spoilers. Whoops. Whoops. But, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers, and I do want to see it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I it, it I, I will say the one thing that I can say that is a very big positive for it is the fact that um I was watching it alone and I laugh and it takes a lot to get me to laugh at at movies, especially if I'm not like in that crowd setting where you're like feeding on on everyone else's humor laugh. Like so, like the fact that I was sitting there alone and I was I was pretty much cackling was uh I mean I think that says a lot for the the comedic timing of it, but yeah, so. I saw that, and then I've been <laughs> playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Oh hell yeah, that sounds awesome! Yeah, it's wholesome a lot content. Of fun. Guilty, wholesome content. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you've been playing it too, right, Freddie? Guilty. Yeah, I've been yeah. playing that in Doom. It's like my two personalities. Hell yeah! Get amped up and then chill out, right? <laughs> yeah, my two personalities combined. <laughs> oh man, I know Doom. I mean, Doom looks like so much. Also, does Animal Crossing, but Doom looks like that kind of like catharsis i'm looking for right now <laughs> yeah just run and gun and kill some demons <laughs> uh and like animal crossing is really feeding into that kind of like i want to go out but i am stuck in my house so let me go plant <laughs> yeah i actually never really played animal crossing but i play stardew valley and stardew valley scratches that itch for me but now i'm considering yeah. getting animal crossing here's the thing like I think, <laughs> I think Stardew, Star, Stardew, 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 yeah, Stardew. I think Stardew Valley is a better game. I really do. Um, oh, it's just like the perfect game. I yeah. am obsessed. It was like the game it. that got me through grad school. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I uh, I was obsessed with that game. I, and I, I think it, it builds on a lot of the foundations of what Animal Crossing did really well. Yeah. And then just sort of like, I don't know, it buffs it up. But like, yeah. this is one of those games that like you want to play like maybe 20 minutes a day, you know, and just sort of like yeah. do the tasks, just sort of like foster your environment, see what new things are coming in, see if you have any new visit. Like, it's just it's it's kind of low key chill fun. Well, it, it kind of makes you quit playing it too, because like you eventually get to a point where you can't do too much else, and it's nighttime, and you have to wait till the next day because it's like on real time, which I think is pretty right. smart. So that is yeah, smart. unless you're one of those people that's cheating. I have I, there's so many people on Twitter that are cheating and resetting their clocks on their on their Switch, and I just guys, we're in this for the long haul. We're gonna be stuck inside for a while, like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you don't need the rush. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but like for me, it's part of the anticipation is what I really like about the game. It's like, yeah. oh, when I log in tomorrow, so and so is going to move into my town, or the museum will open, or this will happen, or you know. And I, I think that's kind of part of the the appeal of it. So I don't, I don't understand people that that cheat. I mean, you play. There's no wrong way to play a game. You go play it however you want. But I just don't get it. I agree with that. But what about you, Mary Beth? What have you been? So doing? I unfortunately haven't been watching a ton. Like I know I've been in like isolation, but I, you know, I work. I still have to work all day, and yeah. I get exhausted, and so I just want to watch like nothing when I'm done. <laughs> I did finish Kingdom, and fuck that show is so good, right? I'm obsessed with that show. Um, it needs to get renewed. Please it needs to get renewed. Um, yeah, Freddie, have I you? Haven't, have you I haven't started King- the second season. It's. So good. It's just like, it just, I I always think like this show can't get any cooler. And every episode this season, they just like exceeded expectations. And it's just such a smart, compelling show. And it's like very relevant to what's going on right now. But like in a way that I can like, it's enough distance (laughs) that like, I'm not as disturbed by watching it because I was, we were finishing season one uh, last week. 
And we were like, is this like a good time to watch this? But it turns out, <laughs> yes, it was a good time to watch it. Um, so, and then I marathon Lord of the Rings this weekend because that's, that's what you do when you're stuck inside all the time is you watch Lord of the Rings it's for like the millionth time. Well, you get to cover a lot of land when you watch it. So <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, and then the, uh, extended or the regular, we regular. just like watch was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. And so I prefer the regular, to be honest, I do too. I mean, like I'm a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, but like, I don't need the extended edition <laughs> <laughs> controversial take, but like they're long enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, and then there was one other thing. Oh, I finally watched The House of the Devil. Yes. I hadn't seen The House of the Devil, and I was sitting on my couch, uh, not sure what to do with myself, and so I saw that it was on Prime, and I thought, why not? And so I watched The House of the Devil finally, and I'm so glad I finally motivated myself to watch it. It is so good. Yeah? You like it? You liked it? I did. I liked it a lot. It's very similar to the in- – well, it's Ty West, but it's very similar to the Innkeepers mm-hmm. and in, like, that it's very slow. It's, like, slow at the beginning, but I think I liked it, this more than the innkeepers. I think there was more of a payoff to me than the innkeepers. Um, and I like the style. I like the homage to like 1970s horror and um, soft butch Greta Gerwig was pretty cool to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I need to give it another shot. I I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since it came out originally and I didn't really care for it then, but like my tastes have changed since then. So like, I, I think you I f- would probably enjoy it now. I yeah. think just like knowing you and your taste, I think you would like it. Did you like the innkeepers? See, that was another movie. Okay. <laughs> Confession. I have not liked a single movie it's made. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> but, but like, Again, I, I well, I take that back. I did like what was the one that just that came out like a year or two ago that was like the Jonestown esque. I forget what it's called. The Sacrament. The Sacrament. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that one, but it's been a long time since I've seen um, the previous two. Uh, so I, I need to. I need to go revisit it because, like, I just remember being really bored. I mean, Valet. They're slow. Um, yeah. But I think they're slow for a reason. Yeah, and I think my tastes again have changed since. Those both came out because it's it's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, two thousand nine was when House of the Devil came out. Yeah, yeah, my t- my tastes have changed a lot in the last decade. So yeah, uh, give it a chance. Yeah, House of the Devil is actually my my favorite of the three. Um, yeah, out of those three, um, I think it's mine too. It, there's I I love the opening credits and like like she was saying, it's it's very much like an homage, but like it's it the pacing of it is so old school. I just yeah, I, I dig it a lot. Yeah. And I do I, another one where like the ending really, really brings it all together. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Freddie, what have you been watching in, in your self-isolation? <laughs> yeah, I've been all over the place. Um, I, re- I, I rewatched <laughs> Hell Night because I knew we were going to be discussing it. Um, and I was like, I was like, because I, I probably watch that every year. And luckily, Shop Factory put it out last year because otherwise I would have had to watch it on an old beta tape. Um, but oh my god, that's amazing! But um, yeah, I, I rewatched that. I, I watched The Hunt. I watched um, The Witch Subversion. Okay, how what is, is that? that? It is wild. It's it's by the the director of I Saw the Devil, right? Uh, I, it's one that, of the or, or is it the right? I think it's the writer of I Saw the Devil. I don't think it's the director. Oh, is it? Okay. And it's uh, man, the the kid from um the the main the main kid from parasite is also in it oh the sun yeah and it is so insane where this movie goes because it's 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 part horror and it's definitely a lot of action film but it's I, I, it's probably one of my favorite films where they have actually done where it's like okay this like kind of what underworld was trying to do where it's like this is a horror film but it's gonna be the matrix Whereas this is like, this is a horror film, but it's also the raid. Like it's, Holy it's, shit. it's, oh, wow. it's crazy. Some of the stuff that happens in this movie, I don't want to give too much of it away, but yeah. I just, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Like that's, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's the great action of the raid meets a horror film where there's a girl, something happened to her during her childhood and it leads to a lot of crazy moments when she grows up. That's, that's where I'll leave it. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away about it because it's, the name should give away a good amount of it, but I don't want to give away too much about it because, yeah, yeah. it, it's one of those movies that like popped up on, on iTunes and like, cause I, I like to scroll through to see what's coming up on like the, the pre-order now things. And like, I, I saw the witch and I was like, oh, are they, 
or is it just like a direct to DVD, direct to like VOD, like rip off of trying to like, you know, copy off of the witch from a few years ago. And so I kind of passed it over and then everyone started talking about it. So I'm, I, I need to, I need to watch it. Yeah. I think it got recommended because I had recently, because I own, I saw the devil and I, mm-hmm. I recently had watched it and it said, it's one of those, like when you go in to play it at the bottom, it's like, you would also like these. And I saw, I, it was the same. It said the witch and I was like the witch. And then I got in close and it was like the witch subversion. I was like, is this like some weird direct sequel? I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? And um, then, then I like looked into it deeper and I was like, oh my God, this sounds perfect. I was like, and so yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Awesome. I'm going to have to watch that this week. Yeah, I think so too. And then, yeah, I've been playing um, Doom and playing Animal Crossing. Hey, have you seen some of the horror stuff that people are doing with Animal Crossing? Well, Terry's got the shining carpet. <laughs> yeah, I got. I have the shining carpet in my house, <laughs> and um, I made like the Gaily Dreadful logo um, on on a shirt. But like, yeah, I've, I've seen like people turn turn posters, um, horror movies posters, into like that kind of stuff. I've been trying to find more to like steal i can i can send you some screenshots so one of my Please one do. of my friends that i follow on twitter and instagram has her house is midsummer <gasps> oh shit oh shit and she has a teddy bear and there's <gasps> there's there's fires everywhere and she, <gasps> and she has oh my god she has a flower like headband on and a white dress and there's like perfectly done woven posters hanging up on each side of the house it's so good <laughs> it's like, gimme 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 and then gimme. <laughs> someone else i know did uh a twin peaks room oh my god and then someone Fuck. and then someone else i know did jack torrance like they made their character perfectly jack torrance it's i have his uh his coat his his coat and uh and shirt uh i i did find that on the internet when i was looking for the shining stuff so good so yeah it's kind of cool because it's like all right it's animal crossing it's cute but we're going to bring in some horror elements. Like, oh, so yeah. Monstardew Valley, my um, my farm is called the Overlook Farm, like the Overlook nice. Hotel. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I love it. I feel clever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to like, I had to crowdsource Twitter for my, my island name because like I am terrible at coming up names. So I, I just named mine Tall Oaks. I was like, all right. You, you, there you, you go. You yeah, guys, I like that. You guys can come here. Come to Tall Oaks. So. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> On brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we have talked about what we've been watching now, but shall we talk about the movie you brought with you today, Freddie? Yeah. Oh, so yes. Hell Night. Um, I was introduced to this movie as a as at five years of age. Good job, Dad. Wow. Good job, Dad. Um, <laughs> at before we um, okay before we get too far in, let's uh, let's do a little. Uh, recap to catch um, our people up, our listeners up. People? Our people? Yeah. Our listeners? I don't know. <laughs> our peeps. Um, so, uh, Hell Night opens on a scream and the kind of college party that would completely overhype my college experience. <laughs> it's Fraternity Hell Night. The time when fraternities and sororities come together to put their pledges through, well, hell. Here, I guess that involves uh, a co-ed frat, apparently, sending its four pledges, I'm wondering, is it a slow year, to the scary Garth Manor in the hills where Raymond Garth killed his whole family and then himself 12 years prior. As schoolyard pranks and spooks give way to murder, the four pledges realize that some of the Garth kids are still alive and our spooked co-eds have entered their hunting grounds. Uh, so yeah, so go go on with Richard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was perfect intro, by the way. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, my dad was – so my dad worked in pharmaceuticals when I was a kid, and he would travel a lot. And so when he was traveling, he would always watch movies in hotel rooms. Like, he – he would be watching either like he introduced me to so many movies when I was a kid. Um, Movies I should have never watched as a child. So again, good job, dad. Um, But um, (laughs) he brought home this one. And at the time it was just on a rinky dink VHS. He brought it home from the video store and he said, we have to watch this. And I was like, now I, I was five. My brothers, all of us are like within three to four years difference of age. So he sits us all down and we're watching this. And it, it's like you said, it's, it's a fraternity um, or co-ed fraternity or sorority. I don't, you know, what do you call that? Like a for sorority? I have no yeah, idea. Like, I, that, that is the weird setup. I was like, wait, so it's boys and girls in the same one? Okay. So yeah, fraternity, <laughs> sorority. And it, as you said, it's four people pledging. 
And they send them into this house that apparently they say the son, Andrew, could still haunt the place. And all of us kids at the time were watching this. And it's, it, it's, I think the thing about the movie that at the time, I don't know if it works so well now, but at the time worked so well was the music in it is very simple and generally mixed in with wind and leave noises. So it's a lot of like slow piano, um, which always makes me think of Ghostbusters when he like goes and plays it at the end and then he's like, they hate that. But um, (laughs) it's, it's usually leaves and wind is what you're hearing and then a slow piano and that's always the build up moments. And I remember my father, he turned off the lights, we're watching this and at the time, it was pretty terrifying for us because, one, we're little. I'm five. I've probably seen maybe, at that time, Nightmare on Elm Street and a Friday the 13th film. And he's like, that's a lot for a five-year-old. <laughs> My father let me watch Cruising when I was a kid, which I, oh, which I still to this. My mother talks about it all the time. He's, she's like, she's like, I don't want to hear about your parenting. You let, you let Freddie watch Cruising. And he should have never seen it. <laughs> um, but uh, so we're, we're watching this. And I, I, there's a lot of cool moments in this movie. Um, I, I don't know if they work as well nowadays. Maybe if you see it for the first time, you, you, you could be scared of them. But as a kid, there's a hologram moment in it that's pretty terrifying if you're in a dark room. And there is a stairwell scene that that's probably the thing that as a child scarred me was – there's a stairwell scene. How much of this can I actually tell? Okay, it. yeah, really I, yeah. I, I'm trying not to spoil it, but yep, no, no spoil the, everything. Just, it was just for like the recent okay. horror movies okay. that just came out. But Hell Knight's been out yeah. for long enough that it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen Hell Knight, stop listening, go watch it, then come back. So there's a scene <laughs> where um, one of the characters, Seth, he's basically Johnny from Karate Kid's older brother, and he comes back to the house to like save the day, and he takes out. At the time, you think he takes out Andrew, but it turns out Andrew's one of two brothers that are haunting the house. And so he takes out one of the brothers and comes in and he's like saying like, he's like, I just killed him. He's in the pool outside, blah, 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 blah. You know, we need to get out of here. And right at that moment, he's taken off into this dark. It's like you're looking down the stairs, but he's taken off into the dark. The gun goes off. And then the gun is sitting at the bottom of the stairs. You pretty much know that he's dead. But mm-hmm. Linda Blair's char- character, because she's genius throughout the whole film, thinks it's a good idea to go down the stairs to get the shotgun. <laughs> and, I, and I just remember as a kid, there was a stairwell in our house. It wasn't exactly the same because, like, I didn't live in, like, a mansion. But it was the same in that the stairwell went down, there was light that came in through the door, and then off to the left, it was complete darkness. So whenever I went down the stairs, I was always like, what the hell is in there? Um, so she goes down the stairs to get the shotgun. And as she's going down, he jumps out and tries to get her. And she runs upstairs and blah, 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 blah. But like that moment as a kid of this whole, like, you're looking down the stairs. There's something you need down there. You, I mean, and this is in so many movies. Like it's in It when, when like even in the newest It, he runs down the stairs real quick to get the uh, lacquer for his brother to put on the boat. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole same thing that you're always scared of as a kid. It's like, you can see down the stairs. You don't want to go down there, but there's something down there you need. And I, I, right. I feel like yep. I feel like that element has stuck with me for forever because there's always this feeling of like when I get up in the middle of the night, I'm like, do I want to go downstairs right now or can it wait till the morning? And um, yep, <laughs> it was just kind of that that moment when I was uh, young that like that one scene, that one scene stuck with me in terms of fear, and then the final scene of the movie is still to me one of the most badass like kills and again I'm probably going to spoil this but she almost everyone in the house is killed now it's her it's you know final girl versus killer she gets into the car to escape he gets on the roof she speeds up to the fence and when she hits the fence the thing that they make fun of at the beginning is that this fence you can't climb over it because if you climb over it you're going to I think in the movie he makes the joke that you're going to like tear your ball you might cut your yeah, nuts might cut off, your nuts off. Um, but she hits the fence and basically puts Andrew on a spike. Like it's through his face or it's like through his neck, I think. And then, Mm -hmm. and then she walks out the door 
and in the background is still this body on the fence and she's just kind of like got her arms crossed and walking away it's such a badass scene because it's just like it was like her moment in the movie because it's kind of crazy it's the first time she does anything that's exactly it (laughs) it's like you have linda blair the girl from exorcist in your movie and you have done nothing with her the whole time except have her scream and oh man it's uh it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome well, and I felt bad because I was looking on, I think, Wikipedia or something doing research, and it was like she was not. They people said she like had nominated for like the worst performance of the year, and I was like, Yeah, she got a Razzie for that's it. not fair. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think she was that bad. I just think she didn't have a lot to work with. I think they gave her like I don't know. <laughs> I will say she looks rather unimpressed through most of the movie. <laughs> she, she, I mean, looks, she looks like she's, 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 like, she looks like she's collecting a check. She's literally like, okay, I'll show up to set. She sits there and judges everyone, you know, because she's like, she's judging the, the, she's like, I don't even know if I want to be in a, in a sorority anymore. Like, she just, she sits there through most of the movie with this, like, very, I don't want to be here kind of look. And it, it kind of, it made me laugh a couple times, especially when she's like in the room with, uh, the, the guy that she's been kind of paired up with, uh, what, what's his name? Is it, was it? <sighs> Jeff? I, Jeff. Yeah, possibly. I think it was Jeff. Yeah. Some kind of generic I, white boy name. Yeah, I don't I don't think the names like I, I I had to go look on IMDb to figure out what the names were of anyone but Seth. And the only reason of Seth is because his dry humping partner kept calling him Wes. Yeah. And it, well no, and she did <laughs> didn't she Oh no, he said I'm gonna go use the John and she's like She's like I thought Seth. you named Seth. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, um but like but yeah, the scene where she's with with Jeff and and you know they're they're going to go to bed and Jeff's thinking he's going to get lucky and she's like, "Oh, can, you know, you're wrong bed." And then she like, "Jeff, blow out the light." <laughs> like, it was awesome. The, I was yeah, like I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, and her like one screen moment is well, that's actually another moment that did terrify me. Actually, it's because it's a really well set up scene and it's kind of it's kind of Halloweenish. Um is when the two of them are cowered down behind the bed um, and they're talking. And as they're talking, you don't notice it at first because it's not obvious, but literally the carpet is raising up. And when he comes up, then it becomes kind of a cheesy scene and she's like screaming and like, for some reason they go in for a boob shot and I was like, wait, what's going on here? Like they, they, she's like screaming and pushing her boobs. I was like, what is going on? But it's, um, (laughs) but it's a, it's, it's a good scene. Like it's another one of those scenes where like the film itself is not as good nowadays as it was when I was a kid. But like, there's these two, there's those two moments that I still think are pretty effective. And that one's definitely probably the, that's probably the most effective scene in terms of like, Oh, oh no, oh no, there's that guy behind you. He's rising up there on the curb. Also, that house, tell me that house was not used, like, was not a reference for Resident Evil. Right. Oh my god, I know. There's there's yeah. so much of that house, like, there's literally the scene where he comes out of the bathroom, and those columns are, like, right there at that right exact angle of, like, when you're going through the top floor. And then the pool out back where he, oh, it's not a pool, it's like a, what's that, what's that called, like um what is that called? Where like a looking, like a reflecting pool. Reflecting pool, yeah. yeah. They have like a reflecting yeah. pool in the back, and it's it's all stone, and it has the grass around. It literally looks like where the crows attack you in Resident. It's it's pretty crazy. Like I was, I was like, man, this this. Even watching it again, I was like, man, this house definitely has a Resident Evil feel to it. It's so funny that that you say that because like I actually wrote down on my notes when when uh, there's a there's a moment where like they're trying to escape and they find that the fences are locked and. So like uh, Jeff and and Marty, uh, Linda Blair's character, start heading back to the house and they have this really well, first of all, it's a really slow walk. Like there's a lot of really slow walking in this movie, but they finally get to the house and they're like reaching for the door handle. And I immediately was like, oh, gosh, are wolves going to jump out of it? Because there's there's a scene in the in in the first Resident Evil game where if you try to leave the house, Mm -hmm. the door opens up and, you know, the dogs try to get in. But like I I actually wrote that down because it, it reminded me so much of that of that house because of that moment. But yeah. It's a real mansion in California, the Kimberly crest house and gardens. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the houses I want to visit. Cause I got to see the house from people under the stairs last time I was there. Oh, and I I got to see the church from Prince of Darkness. Oh, uh, but I didn't get to see that mansion. I wonder what it looks like now. Like that that thing's pretty crazy looking in the movie. Hopefully it's an upkeep. (laughs) 
Um, so I, I, you know, this is, it's, it's so weird watching this movie now. Um, I, I never knew it even existed until the, uh, the, the Scream Factory release, uh, came out. That was the first time I'd ever seen it, heard of it. I didn't know anything at all about this movie and watching it this week. Some of it has not aged very well. Not at all. No, no, Um, it hasn't. There's like a lot of kind of ableism and casual racism in the very beginning where they're talking about the uh the um the garth family where they call one a, a mongoloid a mongoloid and i think they another one is a gork yeah. which is a very disrespectful name for someone who's brain dead um oh boy it's one of the reasons i enjoy <laughs> that guy's death i was like oh this guy's gonna absolutely I was like, this guy's gonna get it <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, it has not aged very well. And there's a Quaaludes joke. Hey, let's party. Quaaludes and Jack Daniels. Oh my gosh. I was dying at the Quaaludes joke. I thought that was so... I'm like, nothing shows a film's age more than like a character casually saying, I brought Quaaludes. Yes. (laughs) And then later on saying that these Quaaludes are murder on my skin, which she's looking in the mirror and she mistakes the... There's like a... a, Where they're trying to... Because the whole idea is that there's pranks going on in this house as well as the actual murders. And so she's looking at herself in in the mirror and they do like that kind of two-way mirror thing where they kind of put an image of an old person over hers and she mistakes it because of the quaaludes she's on well she also like yeah her her character kills me because um, it's like this british girl but like yeah. but like she's supposed to be the dumb blonde i guess and i was like this is weird because like i keep hearing her voice especially watching it recently i was like i keep hearing her voice and it's like i don't know when you hear like a british voice like you think like intellect but then like you're hearing her talk yeah. and you're like what is going on right now like when i at first when i was watching it i was like does she have a British accent? Like, I kept questioning myself. I was <laughs> yeah. like, is she just drunk and putting on an accent because she's drunk? Because, like, he asked her that question and she's like, I don't know, I'm tipsy. And I was like, is the accent because she's tipsy? <laughs> I was so confused. It kept coming in and out that I didn't, I, I, it's, I would forget that she had one because, well, she doesn't talk very much, but then, like, yeah. there'd be like a couple times lines where it didn't sound like she had an accent and all of a sudden she'd have an accent again. I'm like, what is going on here? Also, I just want to I want to um, pay respect to her lingerie choices and the fact that oh, she was yeah. wearing a full lingerie set underneath her costume. I respect it. I don't get it, but I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> like when they showed her like in a bra underwear, garter belt stockings garter and heels. Belt, yep. I was like, oh, someone like really was planning on getting it tonight. I was like, I don't know if I've ever, ever well, that's, done that. That's the other thing about her character that's so, I, I like, enjoy is like, she's, con- all of her lines are either lines about drugs, where she's like, I just gave up some good Colombian, but I still got this, and like, yeah. or her lines are just innuendos, where he's like talking about surfing, and every, she's like, 18 inches. Oh, only, only right. five strokes? That's all it, oh, that's yeah. all it, that's all it took? <laughs> like, so it's like, she's continuously throwing this out. And then I, my favorite thing is, it's like you said, she's wearing the lingerie, and then he's like, he's like, did you just come up here to talk? And I was just like, oh my god, this is horrible. <laughs> like, um, yeah, Seth, Seth's character, like, I, I will say, like, of all the characters, I feel Seth is, like, the most memorable. He is my favorite character. And I, I will stand by that he has to be Johnny's older brother. Like, it's incredible incredible how much he looks like the guy from karate kid (laughs) (laughs) so like i i I, i'm pouring one out for half naked seth because i think he's the most underappreciated man in this movie he's constantly misnamed he has a rocking body that he loves to show off he's a nice guy who changes from like a stoner surfer dude to like southern gentleman by calling his like friends sport and darling he comes back for his friends He's good at dry humping. Like, I, I, that was something that really confused me is like, why? This is a radar movie and y'all are like just rubbing uglies with clothes on. Well, he's what is like going kissing on her here? stomach. I was like, I was like, it, it was like the whole scene was him kissing her stomach. And I was like, yes. Oh, okay. This, this is. So if this set me down a rabbit hole, um, <laughs> cause like I'm watching this movie this time and I'm like, man. I at first I I felt like I was watching a David Dakota film. Have you? Because <laughs> like he is literally in his boxers for thirty seven minutes. I timed it thirty about a third of the movie. He is in nothing but his boxers, 
And I'm like, what is going on here? And then I, I, I go on, uh, Wikipedia and I find that the director, Tom DeSimone, um, has an alias of Lancer Brooks and he filmed a lot of gay porn. Hell he got his yeah. start in gay porn. Um, his first movie was How to Make a Homo movie. He made oh, okay. a movie called <laughs> Dust Unto Dust. He made a movie called Assault. Oh, Jesus. He made a movie about Chained. Um, okay. Swap Meat, Bicoastal, he, Bad Bad Boys. He has done, in- including into the 80s, a lot of gay porn. Huh. And yeah, I, I, so this sent me on like a rabbit hole of looking up vintage gay porn. Oh, you're welcome. What'd you find? Um, well, it was with names like Assault and How to Make a Homo Movie, it's very difficult to find them. But I did find Dust Unto Dust. And I mean, it's, it's a 1970s uh, porn. <laughs> cool. It has a lot of movie, a lot of story to it. It has a lot of movie to it. A lot of movie. <laughs> it has a lot of, like, I could kind of see where he would get his, his, his move from that to this, because uh, he there was some definite filmmaking going on there. But also, like, is it kind of funny that he directed porn, but, like, the sex scene in it right. was really exactly funny and bad <laughs> exactly i'm like how, okay how are you gonna go from filming porn like hardcore porn to having two people dry hump in, in boxers and a full lingerie like what what is going on here? it's also like the most pg horror film like except for like there's some blood yeah. and like a twisted head and a chopped off head here and there which if this was Jurassic Park, they could get away with all that because, like, Jurassic Park probably has as much gore. But, like, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, for being like, again, as a five year old, I was like, oh my god. As a thirty seven year old, I'm like, uh, this is okay. <laughs> I mean, I would say I, I do like the head twisting. Oh, absolutely. Um, I thought that was really well done. I also like that. I like it's again one of those scenes where it's a slow build but it doesn't work it's when he's on the roof that character who gets his head turned he's on the roof putting that thing together and you're constantly he thinks he's hearing something and then the camera does this weird slow build from around one of the like vents on the house then comes onto him and then nothing happens and then he like yeah. all of a sudden the guy appears and turns his head. It's like you you almost feel like that's the character coming around, but it's not at all. Like it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest choice of a camera angle ever to to <laughs> like do slow. And it's like you said, there's a lot of moments in this that are slow, but it actually there's yeah. so much. Walking. It doesn't actually build to anything in the scene. No, it's so weird. Had you had you seen this before, Mary Beth? I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, because Terry said, "Freddie, you wanted to watch Hell Night," and I was like. What is Hell Night? And I felt bad. <laughs> um, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, I liked seeing Linda Blair in something other than The Exorcist, I think was what I liked about watching it. And I mean, I think there was, it was like a, it was like a 1980 slasher. And like, you know, it was kind of, I think I liked being able to see a slasher that I'd never heard of before. Cause I feel like a lot of the time with a lot of like the big names of the eighties, you kind of like know what to expect. And while I know the, obviously like the slasher narrative arc, it was kind of cool actually to watch a slasher movie that I had never heard of. And so I didn't really know exactly what to expect. So it was actually right. pretty refreshing in that regard. So, you know, one thing that um, it kind of piggybacking off of that kind of I, I loved how it kind of almost inverted gender norms by the end because Jeff ends up like getting himself injured. And so he's like completely useless in the end. And she's basically like the one that's trying to help him, um, you know, maneuver through the house and like kind of takes on the I mean, and the final girl aspect. Yeah. of it, But like she's sort of like helping the man <laughs> get yeah. through the house. And then, of course, I love that she leaves him to die and he's screaming her name marty 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 and she just like goes well, I, I also like that um there's that scene with the the rug and then they find the trap door and he's like oh yeah we should go down there and she's like no we shouldn't and then later the shotgun's at the bottom of the stairs and she's like i'm gonna go get it. he's like no you shouldn't and it's just like continuing <laughs> this ping pong back and forth of like bad decisions that both of them are trying to stop, but then when it's their turn, they're totally in for it. It's like, right. it's so yep. ridiculous. 
those horror movie conventions, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> run into them. But I did love, I, you know, I have to stand an automotive queen. I love that at the very yes! end, she tries to start the car. It won't. And she just kind of goes over that and just like jury rigs it. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, and I also love that, like, my favorite was when she was like, yeah, I'm a mechanic. And he's like, oh, well, my car. And she's like, this is why I don't tell anyone that I'm a mechanic. Such a great right, line. Right. Such, so such, such a great line. It's, it's, like her, so... it's one of her good moments in the movie is when she says that part. I was like, man, this is so good. <laughs> well, and like, I really thought the movie was going to try to say something about like rich versus poor because he was like, what's wrong with being rich? And like, he was right. like, oh, are you a, is it a rebel? Yeah, are you or a revolutionist revolu- or something like that? Yeah, yeah, revolutionary. And I was just like. Okay, okay, I'm, I vibe with this. And then it didn't really come up again. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could probably see that carried throughout the whole movie as, like, she prevails. But it's always so funny when movies like this, like, try to make these, like, very strong political statements at, like, one scene. And they're like, all right, we did it. And they just, like, don't reference it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, like, oh, right. she's, like, figures a radical political science with an emphasis in terrorism. Yeah, not a good line. <laughs> yeah. Jeff tells her. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Like, I feel like, so uh, they always seem to want to remake movies that were good. This is like one movie I'm like, can we remake this? Cause you've got the structure there, but it's not a good film. So like, if you remade it, it could be a good film. Cause it's always like they go, they go yeah. back and remake things that are like considered classic and all that. And like, this isn't considered a classic. Right. This is just like, this was a horror movie that was made then and it's okay. But like, this is like the kind of movie where I'm like, if you're going to do a remake, remake something where like you could improve upon it. And this is like one of those. Yeah. This is one of those films where I feel like you could definitely like there are some moments in this I would totally keep. And there's some moments in this that I would change up and like have fun with. And yeah, this is but this is also like a family like movie. It's hilarious. Like we always bust it out to like scare the little kids. So it's like, all right, we <laughs> had to watch this when we were little. You're watching it. So. Oh, it's, it's like a rite of passage now. So it's it's weird. It's like a crappy movie that like you pass down to your family. Like, oh no, it's not good, but like you should watch it. Like, kind of thing. So yeah. All right, Terry. Yes. How many poorly aged jokes out of five do we give Hell Night? And what are our final thoughts on it now? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's it's a movie that I've I've seen now twice and. I, I think I can totally see as a kid, this would have been my jam as a kid, uh, watching this movie. It has enough of the, like, the gothic aspect of it, um, the kind of like, I, I thought oh, that was what I was going to add. I was, it's weird that they're in a costume party. Like, <laughs> why, why are they all dressed up in, in like period costumes? But yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I don't, I don't think it's aged particularly well. Um, I think some of it is still, it's still kind of fun, but some of the, uh, the jokes don't really land. Um, I would give it, um, personally, two and a half poorly aged jokes out of five. Okay. What about you, Mary Beth? I am also going to say two and a half poorly aged jokes out of five. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was nice to watch a slasher that I'd never heard of before and see Linda Blair on screen. But um, it's just, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a good, I think it's a good movie to put on if you're watching, like, if it's like, now you're in court. Like, it's on Tubi, guys, for free if you want to watch it. Like, it's a good movie to put it's on. Also like, on Shutter. if you're in Shutter, like if you're looking for something to watch, and like you don't know what to do and you want to watch something you've never heard of before, or like if it's like a Halloween event and you want to watch something that's like a little bit silly but fun to watch in a group, like this would be a great movie to watch with a group. So it's one of those movies, I yeah. think. But I'm glad I watched it. It just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's to me now. Yeah. Yeah, you have the final word. Okay, final word. I would give it a three out of five, but I'm giving it more because of nostalgia's sake. Yeah. Um, fair, and, fair. Uh, but yeah, it's it is definitely a movie that has not aged well. But I I agree. I think if you put this on at a Halloween party, it is background. I think it would be pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think if you did that Halloween party and themed it, that everyone had to dress up. And then four people just ironically dressed in period pieces, even better. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, it, it doesn't age as well. I do think it does some fun things with the slasher genre, um, mm-hmm. especially the it, it doesn't it doesn't come off as a twist that there's two brothers in it. But um, I think uh, I think it's pretty cool, and I do think it has a pretty badass final girl moment 
Um, yeah. So for that alone, I would I would give it the three out of five. But yeah, definitely give it a go at, on Shutter if you can, um, if you have Shutter or Tubi. Yeah. All right. Well, Great. thank you so much for joining us, Freddie, to talk about Hell Knight um, and these wonderful uh, quaaludes. Um, <laughs> where, where can our listeners find you? And do you have anything coming up you'd like to share? Sure. Um, so um, you can find just about anything about Mixtape Massacre at mixtapemassacre.com. And we're on all the social channels at Mixtape Massacre. Um, personally, you can find me at ofreddy on uh, Twitter. Um, and, uh, in terms of things coming up, the next big thing for us that I'm actually working on during this wonderful coronavirus is, um, the invasion expansion. Um, we'll be launching that hopefully soon, as soon as the world is back to normal. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully that's soon. Yes. Fingers, fingers crossed. (laughs) Yes. Um, so listeners, you have heard from us, but we want to hear from you. What was your experience with Hell Knight? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out directly to us on Twitter at scarredpodcast. And you can follow Terry and I on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, make sure to follow our Twitter account at Scarred Podcast and keep the conversation going and chat with us. And please, please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe if you like what we're doing. Um, thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our amazing music. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there and don't forget to stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.